Welcome to Sharp Waves, a podcast from the International League Against Epilepsy. Our episodes cover epilepsy research, clinical care, career development, and issues in diagnosis and treatment from around the globe. We have very few neurologists in the country, and so most of them are hit with this uh, I guess, dilemma of should I get to know my patient personally so I get to understand their condition and give them the best care I can give them? Or should I work in such a way that I meet the, the goal of seeing everyone who's waiting for me outside my office? 80% of people with epilepsy live in low and middle income countries, and only about one in four of them receives treatment. Across diverse cultures and systems of healthcare, barriers to diagnosis and treatment are often similar. A lack of understanding about epilepsy, limited access to medications, and a shortage of medical personnel. This episode highlights the journey and efforts of one young man making a difference in epilepsy care in Zambia. Here he is. Bright Mulenga Wadia. Three names. It's quite common here. So three, three names. Um, I live in Lusaka, Zambia. I'm a software engineer and uh, a poet, uh, a basketball player, somebody who loves cooking as well. I'm really intrigued by food art. I was diagnosed with epilepsy in 2016, March of 2016. It didn't just happen overnight, of course. I was at a church seminar uh, and uh, we were having a lunch with a number of friends and it became too hot, I guess. And all of a sudden I was tempted to take some water. Next thing I blink and people asking me, are you okay? Are you okay? And everybody's panicking. In my head, I just blinked. To them, I fell, dropped water <laughs> and the, 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 the whole thing happened. And uh, a few minutes later, they started explaining what had happened. Sometime later, Bright had another seizure at a dinner with friends. Again, same thing happened. In my head, I just blinked and next thing, are you okay? Are you okay? And people were asking this, obviously panicking, until one of my friends, my housemate, uh, decided to call a doctor friend of ours, uh, to whom he explained what had happened. And this gentleman suggested I go to the hospital immediately the following day and so i went to the hospital the following day obviously not even knowing what i would say to the doctor and i got there and i was trying to explain to him what had happened and uh, i'm there struggling no i was i was seated with a friend and i had a bottle of water and next thing he had before i could even finish that statement again i blink and the man is asking me oh so that is what you meant like oh did i just have a seizure he's like yes you, you just had a seizure. And uh, without much explanation, he only wrote a prescription of carbamazepine and I was sent to the, to the pharmacy to go pick up that medication. Now, I was, uh, I was a bit curious. I'm, I'm still a very curious person. And this happening to me, I, I honestly wanted to find out what exactly was this thing that was happening. No doctor explained anything. They all were just writing prescriptions and telling me, go, when it finishes, come back. <laughs> and I go back and they write another go. So I decided to uh, set up a video recording on my computer 
when I was in uni, of course. Um, I, I, I get auras prior to a seizure. So I knew when I feel this way, a seizure is going to happen. And that moment I was seated in, in, in my room, I got uh, an aura, I set up my computer, played the, the video, started recording everything, and I sat on the bed and had my seizure. Next thing I was waking up, the video was there. I had even stopped it and everything. I watched through it, went to YouTube, watched other videos of people doing what I was doing, handshaking, head moving around slowly and all of those things. And finally, I fought down and all of that. Bright is studying information technology, and his experience leads him to change his educational goals to help people with epilepsy. He also discovers that most of his professors don't believe he has the condition. Instead of me focusing so much on researching about my health, and then I've got another research that I need to be doing at school on this dissertation, I decided to merge the two. I told my my, my supervisor, I'm going to work on a research. Uh, uh, to build an application that is going to help people living with epilepsy. And so I started working on <laughs> seizure assistance. Obviously, he gave me a weird look because this is not something that people had, had done. And I tell him, no, it's because personally, I think I have been diagnosed with epilepsy, even though many people won't tell me. This came with a challenge of its own because I started experiencing a lot of seizures so seizures were as high as five in a day. And this really came with a lot of challenges. Challenge number one, I couldn't go to all of my classes. I couldn't attend all of my classes that I needed to attend when I needed to attend them because some of them would clash with my times with the doctors. And I'd be leaving that place. It's late. I can't go to class. I'm really tired. I'm scared of having a seizure in public. And so I'll go straight to my apartment and uh, find some rest. Explaining this to my uh, my lecturer, my supervisor was a bit hard or well, easy on my part because, I mean, it's just words. But making him understand what I had was a bit difficult because many people were not, up to now, are not very open about epilepsy. And so when you explain what you have, the man looks at me and he's saying, you're coming up with excuses for not coming to class. And so it was a bit difficult for me to, to convince this man. I got reports from the hospital signed by doctors, everything there, even my prescriptions. Here it is. My hospital uh, documentation is here. So I go to the hospital to be seen by doctors because of this condition that has been diagnosed with me. Uh, and uh, he still couldn't buy the story. And so he decided I was not going to be part of the people to present my final year project. My friends presented their final year project five years in school. My friends presented, they graduated. I was pushed back and told, because you have been lazy, you're not going to present your final year project. Uh, it was a bit of a blow. <laughs> it was a bit of a blow. Uh, very, very disheartening. Very. Uh, self-introspective. It, it, it was something that caused me to, to do a self-introspection. What is wrong with me? Why is it that anything I say to this man, he's not uh, believing? I honestly do have a problem. Why is he not believing me? More than a year later, Bright presents his final project and receives glowing reviews. Some lecturers want to award him A pluses, but his university does not accept grades that high. In addition to his educational challenges, 
Bright's relationship ends, and his former love of reciting poetry on stage is now overshadowed by fear. I was no longer that person who was standing on stages writing poetry and reciting it to others. And I could no longer stand on stage because I was afraid. What if I'm standing on stage and all of a sudden I have a seizure? That's going to be quite strange for the people that are watching. And even scary because I've had a seizure and people run away, you know. Bright also faces a serious challenge from within his own family. Everybody believed I was demon-possessed and uh, they, 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 they argued with me about it every day and, you know, stopped me from buying medication because apparently some pastor somewhere said he's not even supposed to be on medication. This is a sign of faith. To get the treatment he needed, Bright moved out and he gave his family information to read about epilepsy, hoping it would help them to understand. And they go back to me and... Here we are. They understand to say it's a condition that many people have and they actually appreciate the stance I've taken because I receive phone calls every day from people that are going through a lot of trouble because they misunderstand what uh, epilepsy is here in Zambia. And they're equally facing problems with their families, just like I do. Misconceptions about what causes epilepsy are not limited to Zambia and they aren't new. But Zambia faces an additional challenge because historically, psychiatrists have cared for people with epilepsy due to a lack of neurologists. Before 2018, when the country's first postgraduate neurology training program began, the few neurologists in Zambia were non-native physicians focused mostly on research. Uh, For a long time in our country, uh, we've had um, the psychiatrists looking after epilepsy patients and unfortunately that contributed to the misconception that it is indeed a mental illness. Dr. Naluka Mwendoweli is a neurology resident at University Teaching Hospital in Lusaka, the home of Zambia's training program. As, as much as we're looking at the health system, we need to also educate the public on epilepsy and this is something we've been doing as the uh, ILE Zambia chapter with uh, collab- in collaboration with the Epilepsy Association of Zambia in terms of public uh, sensitization. So usually on either International Epilepsy Day or we have a National Epilepsy Day or Purple Day, we'd go into schools and just give some talks on epilepsy. We invite the, the parents as well. We um, invite the teachers, uh, and we have this discussion because we still have children that are going to these general schools and they are facing these challenges of being isolated. And also the teachers don't know what to do when one of the students is having a seizure. So we try and educate them on, on what to do. And also if the parents are there, uh, try to give them as much information as, as as we can that they can absorb and help them through the whole process of having a child with 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 the diagnosis of epilepsy. Bright's advocacy efforts started after he moved to Lusaka and began attending epilepsy clinics at the University Teaching Hospital. I went there to 
have a session with a doctor so that my prescription can be renewed as well. And while seated there, I saw, you know, other people who had epilepsy. And in that room, there was total silence and not even one person could cough with confidence or, <laughs> or even cough freely because whenever they do that, they will look at the next person and think they disturb them somehow. And here's this one person seated, and I thought, this, this, is, this is really not good. Why are people seated this way? Why are they feeling this sad about themselves? And so I decided, let me try and, try and start talking to these people before they start seeing their doctors. And uh, I spoke to the nurses there. The nurses were helping me a lot because the time I'd been going to the hospital, I would often have a seizure right there in the room it was quite you know uh crowded and not a lot of air flowing through and it was quite hot so oftentimes i would go there i would have a seizure so i i got to know these nurses that were attending to us and so i asked one of them the, the, the lead nurse to say can i be talking to these guys just 30 minutes before they see the doctor and she agreed and so i started speaking to the people there and my intro i made sure to tell people about everything else that i was doing in my life that was really amazing and bringing the epilepsy at last which might have sounded something like this hey guys i'm bright i'm a software developer working for this company we are the guys who are working on this software and that software and that software i'm a poet i love this oh by the way i'm epileptic and you should have seen the shock on people's faces after they hear all these many things that I'm doing and all of that. And then they hear I'm epileptic and they're like, wait, even the people who weren't listening now were able to turn heads. And I knew that was the thing that they needed to hear because most of them believed once you have epilepsy, it's done. You're not going to be able to do anything. Your career is done. Zero. You, the only thing about you that exists is epilepsy. So I started talking to them about the various ways that they can manage their condition, the various ways that they can study their epilepsy, know which kind it is so that they know how to take care of it, know what triggers, they, the, the, what triggers their seizures so that they know how to avoid them or know how to get ready uh, for those. Because they, they were very not informed. I met somebody, this is a story of forever tale. I met a person who has lived with epilepsy for 16 years and they did not know what kind of seizures they experienced or how to, or what even triggers their, 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 you know, their seizures. These gave me a whole lot of, uh, it gave me a boost to do this advocacy even more. And so I met a friend who saw the works I was doing and she invited me to radio. And she said, let's, let's go to radio and hold some sessions there, talk to people via radio and all of that. And she invited me to radio and we were there answering questions, educating people about epilepsy, telling them about how to manage their condition and whatnot. And the questions that were coming in were shocking. You know, we had a couple calling from Kawe, one of the places here in Zambia. And the man was there calling in, even afraid to mention his name. And his question is, is it sexually transmitted? Is epilepsy sexually transmitted? And I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> this is the extent to which people don't know about epilepsy. In 2021, Bright was a recipient of a Golden Light Award from the International Bureau for Epilepsy. The awards recognize those who have helped to bring epilepsy out of the shadows and into the light. 
through the advocacy work, both in person, on radio, uh, was even invited on TV. It's, it's sort of an eye-opener to what I am able to do as a person on my own to help the community that is there. Bright is making a difference across the community, including at the UTH Neurology Program, headed by Dr. Deanna Saylor. Congratulations to Bright, and we so appreciate his advocacy um, and his dedication to epilepsy awareness and improving care. Um, you know, before COVID, he routinely came to our clinic. Our patients wait in this big general waiting room often for hours to, to see us. And he would um, religiously show up every clinic day and provide epilepsy education to everyone in that waiting room. What would you tell your younger self if you could go back to March of 2016? Do you have any words of wisdom you would tell him that might help him? My younger self, March 2016. Wow. Um, I guess to him, I would cause him, or rather I would encourage him not to pull back from the major audience that he already had, but rather utilize that to teach people about epilepsy. When I was leading these arts groups, I was that guy who's in front of, you know, on the stage, speaking to heaven knows how many people at the university, a major artist is coming to perform. I was that guy who was called to say, Bright, go share a poem. I would tell him, before you share that poem, talk to people about epilepsy and tell them you are somebody who has epilepsy and yet you're able to do these things that people still bow at and say, you're amazing. How are you able to remember a 10-minute poem? Tell them you're still... That person who has epilepsy, but having it does not make you any different from them. You know, you can still do all those things that these other people can do. All these amazing gifts that you have, you can still utilize them. Thanks for listening to Sharp Waves. Our content is meant for informational purposes only and not as medical or clinical advice. The International League Against Epilepsy is the world's preeminent association of health professionals and scientists working toward a world where no person's life is limited by epilepsy. Find more Sharp Waves episodes wherever you get your podcasts or at ilae.org.